Welcome to today's episode of Watchable with Sophia Ritter and special guest, Abby Ritter. Two cousins are sometimes two sisters stuck together in quarantine and definitely talk movies and TV. Basically, if it's entertainment related, we got you covered. Today we're discussing awesome. So, before we dive into Onward and all the problems it itself has faced because of the coronavirus and movie theater shutdowns, we are going to jump right off with our media pick of the week. And Abby, what is your media pick of the week? Um, This isn't really what you're looking for with media pick of the week, but I've been really into this app called Golf Battle. Um, I played it like yes- yesterday for like two hours. It's a very addicting game. You can play it with your friends just like one-on-one and to see who's the better golfer. Or you can play it with like random people around the world. Very, very addicting and it helps pass the time. So I would highly recommend. My media pick of the week is a YouTube series that we were watching last night and it's a little bittersweet <laughs> with the news coming out this morning that the Olympics has been postponed indefinitely, but it will take place before the summer of 2021. And before. Yeah, that's, they're saying it will put take, so it could take place in the fall. We don't hmm. really know. They're just postponing it indefinitely right now. Anyway, so my pick is All Around. It's a series on YouTube and it follows three gymnasts. It's really sweet and cool look inside the world of gymnasts and you see how much of their lives they put into it. I've always been, well, my family's always been one to love the Olympics and everything about it and it makes you excited about it and it makes you appreciate athletes that aren't just from America because we tend to only care about the American athletes because go us. But I know we actually have a lot of listeners who aren't from America too, so they could like the show as well and it's really cool because some of it... Yeah, we have a weird amount of listeners in New Zealand, so shout out to the New Zealanders who listen to us. <laughs> I have no idea how you found us, but we appreciate you. <laughs> but yeah, so they have, parts of it are, you just have to have subtitles on. Get over it. Russian, and then parts of it are in Chinese, and then there's an American, and I love the American they follow. I've followed her for a long time. She's the only gymnast I follow outside of Olympic season. Anyway, I'm nerding out over the Olympics. We can move on now to our actual topic of today. Which is Onward, obviously. <laughs> we saw this movie a week before it came out. It was like a fancy like pre-screening thing. Yes. And we're like all excited. We spent like $15 on the tickets, which is very expensive for Nebraska, let yeah. me tell you. For, <laughs> no, well, we saw it in Iowa, technically. But for an Iowa movie theater, that is astounding. Like, I have not admitted to anyone I paid that much money to go to a movie. Because you don't pay that much in Iowa. I know in California, that's the usual. So we paid $15. We saw it a week ahead. We were going to review it on the podcast, like, right away, right when it came out because of that. And then everything fell apart. And that (laughs) didn't happen. But we had the worst (laughs) movie theater experience. Well, we got a really cool free pin. Yeah, we got commemorative pens out of it, so that's cool. But, um, so we sit down, and there's this guy who comes in. He's kind of giving me the wrong vibes, um... Um, about five minutes into the movie, I remind you, we spent $15 on this movie. We just started hearing this really, really loud snore from him. And he's sitting right, like, right next to Sophie. Right so- next to me, like, <laughs> in my ear. And so, you know, I assume the person he came with will wake him up, and I'm trying not to let it ruin my experience. But, <laughs> man, right off the bat, I was crabby about it. And so then he proceeds to sleep the entire movie. He would wake up for about five minutes every once in a while. He got the world's biggest bucket of popcorn, too, and he was just taking a nap. 
he would have a few bites of his popcorn, throw his head back like he knew what he was doing, and go right back to sleep. <laughs> Abby's eating a thin mint, which is very unprofessional. <laughs> so halfway, so the beginning of this movie, I was actually going to go to see it in theaters again because I wanted to experience it without loud snoring. Halfway through, I started fake coughing to try to wake him up. And then people just thought I had coronavirus. That was before coronavirus was like a big worry. Though. That was before yeah. I was in the Midwest at all. Yeah, it was. but so, And that didn't work. And then we ended up moving. And the rest of the movie was a lot more enjoyable. It was a lot more enjoyable. It was funny because the people next to us were laughing at us because we just got up and moved back. <laughs> well, that lady also looked like, dang, I should have done that. <laughs> I just, why would you pay $15 to go to a movie if it was obvious he didn't care if he was sleeping? He didn't bring a child with him. If you're thinking like, oh, well, he brought a child. No, he brought like another guy about his age. This guy was like 60. Hey, his friend looked really annoyed though, to be fair. To be fair, but I just don't get why you would go to a movie if you were literally just playing. One expensive nap, man. One expensive nap. Maybe it's the only time he can sleep well. (laughs) the loudest like we could still hear it when we moved <laughs> we could and we moved like two rows back it wasn't and it was those fancy movie theaters of like the dividers between every row and it wasn't as annoying then but cock it was right in my ear too <laughs> anyway so this movie has had kind of been it's one of the things that has been most negatively affected because of when it came out It wasn't pushed back, and honestly, it probably should have been. When it came out, Chinese movie theaters were closed. A a few other big markets were also closed. I believe South Korea was closed. I'm not positive. And so they made not much globally, and animated movies tend to do really well globally. And this just didn't. It only made, like... 40 million globally in its entire run. Ooh, it had for a Pixar movie yeah, too. Yeah, Pixar movie because China is the biggest market now. It well, it was going to overtake America, but then coronavirus happened, so they didn't have this massive opening in, that they were relying on in major countries. It had a subpar opening with 40 million, which is actually that isn't to blame because of the coronavirus. It was tracking to make that for months in their opening weekend. They were expecting that, but they were relying on word of mouth to keep this movie theater, to keep this movie going and people being like, oh, you should see it. It is actually really good. And obviously that just didn't happen. Because, you know, family movies tend to have legs as well, which means a movie will go on and make a bunch of money way after its initial release. Like, blockbuster events such as, well, Endgame is hard to compare to anything. But there tends to be a big drop-off. I know, Avi is, I'm a big box office buff. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) But anyway, there tends to be a big drop-off after the first week in blockbuster events. But animated movies don't do that. They tend to have a steady amount of income over time. But because the coronavirus happened and closed all movie theaters... This movie ended up only making 101 million globally. How much did it cost to make this movie, do you know? <sighs> I believe the budget was around 175 million dollars. Ooh. <laughs> and so obviously, like we were saying before we started recording, big movie theater chains have closed or their state governments have ordered them to close, and so this movie was taken out of theaters. So now they have moved the movie to digital. You can um, rent it, I think, on Amazon Prime. Can you buy it yet? 
or is it just rent? Yeah, it's on digital, so you can buy or rent it. Because I know on like Universal's movies, they only made you can rent it for like twenty dollars, but that's so that's so expensive. But also, if you think about it, it's a movie that should not be out yet. It should still be in theaters. So yes, but a lot of that money tends to go to the theaters they get per ticket anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think they're just trying very hard not to lose money off of these even. movies, which God knows what will happen. Anyways, and, and it's going to be on Disney Plus on April 3rd, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. I'm definitely going to watch it again, um, yep. but it's kind of controversial because some people are saying they should have just um, re- they, they should re-released just, it. Yeah, re-released it. Um, so what do you think about this? You see, I did, I am, I was on board, re-release it, you know, but we're looking at the calculations of when realistically this thing is going to be over. Soul is supposed to come out in June, which is Pixar's next movie. That, that I bet is the full reason this movie wasn't, like, because you can't, like, postpone it after Soul now and have it come out in, like, December, because it was already out once, you know, and people had already seen it. So you kind of were forced to, you either had to re-release it as soon as theaters were open again and then push back Soul, but they've already have to push back Mulan and Black Widow. Like they're pushing back a ton of movies and they're probably trying to avoid that as much as possible. And who knows, they might have to push back Soul still. I'm betting they will actually end up pushing back Soul. And their thing was probably thinking, we already have it released, we might as well just take the loss and move on and hopefully people will sign up for Disney Plus to see it. I do think it was a really good movie though and I'm disappointed by how it was negatively affected. I know a lot of things have worse consequences out of this full thing. Don't get me wrong, but this is a movie podcast so we're obviously going to be talking <laughs> about how movies are affected. But it's really weird because, and it's not weird, sorry, but the movie market already wasn't exactly thriving to begin mm-hmm. with and i'm kind of scared what impact this will have because it's already really really hurt the movie market worldwide and who knows how they're going to recover after this because i think there's still going to be like the public stigma of being afraid to go out after all of this happens so it's going to be weird to see how this plays out and before things were officially closed like the last normal weekend in america before everyone basically was forced to self-isolate they reported the lowest box office plunge in over two decades. Wow. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I know um, cinemas in Europe are actually asking the government for help because they're saying in order for them to stay open after this, they're going to need financial assistance. Oh, wow. That's terrifying to think about. And it. I could see something like that realistically happening in America, too, but... America has these two massive chains, AMC and Marcus, who take up such a majority of our box office that they're probably going to be fine. But what about the like small exactly. independent theaters? Like we have a couple in Omaha that I can see not doing great, like Dundee. I can. I love Dundee. That film streams. It's a very small. They only play like indie movies. But places it's... like that are in trouble. Yeah, I'm really scared for them. But also places like that do rely off of a lot of support from mm-hmm. people so maybe you'll they'll be fine yeah that is volunteer run i forgot about that it's a non-profit so maybe they'll yeah. be okay we can only hope but anyway all things aside we are gonna just talk about we're gonna give onward its fair shot it deserves 
It was a fun, great movie, and we still, we wanted to talk about it, but with everything going on, we didn't think it was appropriate to tell you guys to talk about a movie for you guys to go see in theaters when we didn't want you guys to go to theaters. (laughs) So now that you can safely watch it from your own home, we're excited to finally get to discuss it. And so let's just start right off by talking about its magic in this movie. Were you a fan of the magic in this movie? I was kind of scared going into it. Um, I thought it would be kind of like a knockoff Harry Potter type of thing. But I actually really liked how they used it because it is an animated movie and it needs to have the like fun effect that you can't make in a regular movie. So I actually did really like how they used magic in this movie. Um, I thought they would actually use it more. It kind of surprised me. Oh, really? But because of like, the full how... Um, also, spoiler alert. Um, because it doesn't come out on Disney Plus until next week. So, spoiler alert. Anyways... Um, I, because, like, they can't use magic anymore, so I thought it was interesting how, like, they didn't, re- they didn't rely off of it as, like, a gimmick as much as I thought they would. Yeah. I wasn't the biggest, like, the actual magic in terms of Ian, like, that character using it, I loved that. In the beginning of the movie, I was very underwhelmed by the full concept. They are kind of almost throwing out too much at me to the point where I'm like I get it it's magical you know what I mean almost like they're trying too hard they're throwing too much at me I the first act of this movie it really struggled for me but it definitely by the end I was you know I had fallen for it that's interesting because I, I like the beginning better and like the full ending fight sequence I thought was very gimmicky but I'm also just not a big fan of big fight sequences so that's probably it like the big was it a dragon or something at the end that yeah, they were I fighting? Don't I don't know. I just we felt, haven't issued our spoiler drop yet. Oh, so I just did. Well, that we normally are like from here on out spoilers, but I guess oh. from here on out spoilers. <laughs> anyway, the big dragon sequence at the end, I it just felt very like typical of a children's movie. No, I we'll talk about the ending towards the end of the podcast, but I I no, I don't agree with you. <laughs> It'll be a good discussion then. So um. The real building in general, such as, you know, just the full concept of these are basically if Wizards and Harry Potter, this is how I wrote about in my review, um, if Wizards and Harry Potter decided to just become muggles. Did you <laughs> like that concept and how it was handled? Yeah, I did actually really like that concept. Um, I really like the concept of how, like, there was, like, a centaur and you just, like, living his life. And, like, there wasn't anything special about him. He just had, his legs were just a horse's legs. So I just thought it was really funny. And, like, I always, like, it in these movies when they, like, have, like, different creatures, like, intermingling and living together. So it's, just, it's very cute. And I love that concept. So it hits Abby in all the right places. <laughs> of course. It's Pixar. <laughs> well, I, this is scandalous of me. I didn't hate the world building by any measure, but I wasn't, I was, I, you always walk into Pixar movies with really high expectations. Yeah, it wasn't amazing on Pixar standards. I wasn't, like, world building in other franchises, just like Toy Story and Inside Out, you're just so much more invested in that world and how it works, and I didn't really, at least when I was first introduced to it, I didn't really care about that world much. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It definitely, I felt a lot less connected to this world than I normally do when mm-hmm. I'm watching a Pixar movie. And because I was telling people, I'm like, as a movie, I rate it 8 out of 10. As a Pixar movie, I, I rate it 6 out of 10. Because, like, it's just, it's not, 
held to the quite to the expectation of uh, some other Pixar movies. It's not saying it's not a fantastic movie. It just isn't up to par with its sidekicks. <laughs> yes, sidekicks. Um, what? There's an abuse. For my you. point is that um, yes, it is a mid tier Pixar movie. I saw it's a very middle of the pack movie. You know, for Pixar. Yeah, but it's no Cars, that- but it's no Toy Story. <laughs> That being said, oh man, you just made Bethy in her little quarantine just like perked up and like, what? (laughs) But um, middle of the pack Pixar. It's no Cars 2. I'll I'll say that. Okay. Middle of the pack Pixar is still a great solid movie and is still much better than most children's movies. Honestly, when I... Back on real building a little bit. <laughs> when I was walked away from this movie, I didn't care more about learning about that world at all. But what I cared more about was learning more about the characters. And what saved this movie for me and what made this movie really good for me was how solid the relationships were between like the mom and the cop and of course, Ian and Barley, which are the two brothers who are the star of the movie. Do you kind of agree with that? Or? Yeah, I do agree with that because there was like good relationship building throughout the movie, and there was like definitely growth with the relationships, which we'll talk more about later. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree that the characters, the character development and the relationships, is what made this movie. Okay, so now that we introduced characters a little bit, let's start off with Ian. And he was voiced by the incredible <sighs> Tom Holland. Whew. You are lucky I'm not with Bethy this week, folks, because otherwise we would just be gushing about Tom Holland for 10 minutes. He even has a cute voice. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so um, Ian Lightfoot's character is basically your classic lanky animated man. So Tom Holland animated. Yes, basically. <laughs> he was, I watched some video about it and he said that Pixar films you when you're voice acting, which is really cool. Most companies don't do that. And so they've started picking up on, like, his quirks. Like, how he would, like, put his arms underneath his armpit, his hands underneath his armpits when he was nervous. <laughs> and they, like, put that into the movie. Oh, that's really cute. And he said when he first watched the movie, he's like, hey, I do that. <laughs> and it's just cool that they pay attention to those little quirks because... Is obviously you can see the actor's care personality and like, you know, just how they move their body and their mannerisms. Yeah, and their mannerisms, and it really adds to it. So, um, obviously, Ian is just the sweet, hopelessly awkward individual. <laughs> I very much related to him because at that age. I could not talk to people to save my life. I was beyond <laughs> quiet, and. One of the parts at the beginning of the movie when he was trying to ask friends to hang out, I felt so bad for him because I was thinking of middle school Sophie and how much I got terrified just talking to other humans. And so I, you were also very quiet in junior <laughs> high, so did you also relate to that? Yeah, it's it, it really showed how you can like get in this bubble that you can't really get out of, of like, I don't really want to talk to anyone. Um, <laughs> And I, I really like how they didn't make all of the other kids in school like big jerks because he couldn't talk to anyone. They made it like his own thing. Like they weren't mean to him about it or anything. They were just kind of like living their separate lives and he wanted to live to be friends with them. Um. That, then again, they could have been like, yo, let's be friends. But also, he was a little bit awkward and 
yes, but I almost thought they were too nice to him because in my relate, my opinion, my memories of being that age, people are just kind of like, oh, he's quiet. I don't have to try to talk to him. That's true. So that honestly, I thought that was realistic because you, when you get labeled as the quiet kid, people don't really try. Yeah, they just kind of they make an effort to go around you and they think they're being nice by not making you talk but in the end you're just sitting there like i want to talk yeah. <laughs> and they're like you never talk and they never give you the chance exactly so um one of the filmmakers like when they were describing his character he says he's the kind of person who would hide behind the laugh like he would laugh before he even said something as in he doesn't think whatever he's saying is important at all and like it's you know don't take it seriously and that's just that's such a good way of thinking of his character yeah that's a really good way of describing him um he's just he's so lovable and i felt so bad for him i the full he's like derpy and awkward and it's just it's (laughs) so so cute he's so derpy and it's so cute um i have a thing for derpy and awkward but (laughs) really hope my boyfriend doesn't listen to that um (laughs) anyways not calling out abby's boyfriend or anything but that's true (laughs) anyway um so another interesting thing about his character is how he views his father and the memory of his father he kind of romanticizes what it could have been and what it you know what i mean he kind of just thinks about, like, what would it be like if I had that dad growing up and not really looking at what it actually was like and who stepped into that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did really like that. I also really liked how he was the guy with the powers because it is a little bit of a trope to give it to the awkward guy, but I just, I loved it because... You kind you were as an unexpected, especially because the trailer gave away half this movie. But um, I hate when movies do that. You really did on this movie, like so much of the comedy is ruined. Like, yeah, it really just wasn't the same. <laughs> so I don't. I just liked how he was the one with powers. Yeah, um, it really helped. Because it's a, it was a full thing, like, he didn't feel, like, a connection to his dad or anything. And really, like, how it helped build his connection to his father by, like, going through this entire journey and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And I liked how in order to get anything done, it was actually his own, like, confidence issues that kept him from doing anything. And yeah, and he just didn't all of a sudden have this, like, great need to talk to people and like super social or anything it was like a very slow growth and i really like that Mm -hmm. so then versus ian we have barley lightfoot which is voiced by chris pratt oh oh that's all ab loves chris pratt i every movie he's in i he he has such a like a joyful and happy voice the voice actually really reminds me of my brother he's just very like he jokes about everything and he's very like, he sounds like a guy who's very fun to be around type of person. I just, I love, like, every character Chris Pratt plays. I don't want him to play an evil person ever, because that would suck. <laughs> I don't think he could play a, well, I guess Chris Evans played a believable villain, so you never know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, technically, in Endgame, 
But anyways, I mean, Infinity War. Infinity War. Star Lord caused his, some serious problems there. That was just his temper, though. That was that's like, true. That's his true. Love of his life. Okay, but yeah, when, <laughs> like you said earlier, he reminds you of our brother. Because when people ask me to describe my brother, I often say. He kind of looks like Chris Pratt before he lost all the weight. <laughs> he really does. But before he lost all the weight. So, like, the first season of Parks and Rec. Yes. This is just... Because our brother never listens to the podcast, so this is just our way of knowing he doesn't because he won't comment on us talking about him. <laughs> this is his revenge for not actually listening. So, anyway, Barley's character, voiced by Chris Pratt, is kind of this bigger-than-life, needs-to-grow-up, is obsessed with magic and lore. I, oh, I, a lot of people had a lot of problems with Chris's character. Did you like his character? I really did like his character, actually. Um, maybe just because his character reminded me of Eddie so much. Right? <laughs> but I just... I just really like that type of character in a movie. Just the type that he's, like, always, like, trying to perk people up and he's always, like, looking at things in the bright side. Like, when there was a problem, he'd be like, oh, well, we can just do this. Oh, well, we can just do this. And he was very resourceful and he was just... I love a good, like, happy and go-getter personality in a movie. When I was telling people that, you know, before Corona shut down our whole lives, that (laughs) I had, like, seen Onward and that I liked it... And they kept saying, yeah, but I heard Chris's Pratt, Chris Pratt's character is really annoying. And I was like, huh? Because what? I just don't see that. Just, I mean, if you don't like Chris Pratt's character, I'm sure there's good reason for it. But maybe you just, kids' movies just aren't for you in general. And yeah, yeah, maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't no, know why I they wouldn't like his it, character. Though, because it's such a realistic depiction of what an older brother would do and we're kind of going to be getting into like their relationship now too but the fact that he is the one who is beyond obsessed with magic and the history behind it and he's not the one of magical powers but yet he's never shows any sign of jealousy towards his brother he's nothing but ecstatic for him yeah and it's not like unrealistic because that's just like kind of how siblings are sometimes they're just very supportive and like oh my gosh my brother's so cool well especially like i could really relate to this because with you with your younger siblings especially you really don't want anything but for them to succeed and like when, i wouldn't know because <laughs> <laughs> like last year when abby had a pretty good year last year I was nothing but ecstatic for all the stuff that was happening to you. And that really made me, like, happy to finally see that instead of just the jealous sibling. Yeah, because they do that so much in movies. So much, and that's so expected. And I was, you know, you almost expect to see that. And I was just so happy to see just this really enthusiastic relationship where he was nothing but supportive of his brother. It was really, really refreshing to see. Because often... um people don't have relationships like that with their siblings and it's just it's really nice to see that depicted in a movie because it's so often is not mm-hmm. so often it's like my siblings bully me or, or all this and it's just it was really sweet throughout i think that relationship is more common though than the one who hates on the other one that's true and i think people need to take that into account a little bit more then ian on the other hand <laughs> Very realistic younger sibling, if you ask me. <laughs> he kind of takes Barley for granted. He's kind of embarrassed by him. 
I have two older siblings as well. Don't give me that face at me. <laughs> I was thinking about my own relationship with older siblings, not you. <laughs> but um, I just kind of like how Farley is such an important part of Ian's life, but Ian doesn't realize it at all. And he kind of just looks at him as being annoying. That's true. Kind of a screw up. Yeah, he doesn't really ever take him seriously. He kind of takes him for granted. He's like, oh, because he's always there. It's type of, oh my gosh, my embarrassing brother. And he doesn't really notice like how exceedingly positive or uplifting he is. Uh-huh. And that's a lot with the character growth throughout the movie. With how he like he realizes that his brother isn't as big of a screw up as he thinks. Sometimes mm-hmm. life just sucks. Well, and I think a lot of it is when you're first introduced to Barley, you're kind of led to believe that he is kind of a screw-up too because they say he's taking a gap here and it's obvious he doesn't really have that much of a plan and that is part of that is very true but part of it i think is because he doesn't really want to leave ian yet you know what i mean he kind of feels like he can't leave him yet because he needs to take care of him yeah because ian still is in this like bubble of childhood that he can't get out of his like shyness he hasn't really developed into like um this sounds weird but like a man yet like an individual person Mm -hmm. so i feel like he doesn't feel like he can leave ian until he has Mm -hmm. definitely and so the kind of a highlight of this movie in my opinion is basically anytime they're talking back and forth with each other why do we even still have a siren in it anyway um like i was saying before we got interrupted by the noon bell again um (laughs) what was i even saying oh their chemistry their best parts of the movie was just really anytime they were talking back and forth with each other in the car like when ian makes barley tiny just like moments like that watching them interact was so sweet yeah they had such a sweet relationship even even though ian was kind of a butt sometimes <laughs> um but he was the procrast uh, the protagonist they kind of have to be a butt sometimes in order for like well, I proper mean, character growth i am the ian of our family <laughs> be like this isn't realistic what are we doing <laughs> and so i personally would have made all the same decisions ian made yeah but he was so mean to Barley? He was so mean to Barley at some point because Barley was like kept being like uplifting and positive and like yo go get him and you know like this is all your fault and all of this stuff which I guess is the younger sibling thing to do. Yes. <laughs> so it's it is- ironic you're annoyed by this. <laughs> I am very annoyed by this. This is really ironic. You know, was just so unappreciative of how supportive his brother was being. I wish our brother could be that supportive. I wish our brother could be that supportive and listen to the podcast. Yeah, me too. That was the full point of the movie. Adam. You gotta realize that. <laughs> that that is really true. But like that's what I was saying. In order for it to be a true protagonist, they need to have like a tr- like a real fatal flaw. So I don't even think it was a fatal flaw. I think he- well, every character has a fatal flaw. Okay, whatever. But I just I think it was a realistic and normal flaw. <laughs> I wouldn't call it like horrible of him. Yeah, but there's, like, always, like, a drawback to every character. Well, yes. So that's that's what I mean by fatal flaw. Not, like, he's gonna be murdered because of it. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, man. So, you want to talk about the big ending before we move on to minor characters? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. So what did you think of the ending? Because I know I we have different opinions on this. thought it was great. Some people said it was too much of Pixar trying to make you cry. But, okay, you were saying you were annoyed by the full him having to defeat a dragon. Yeah, well, the dragon was too much. It felt like how no. to be a dragon, but with Pixar, which was, uh, it was weird. No, no, I don't agree. Because it was having that epic conclusion while also having the emotional conclusion at the same time. And Ian was showing all the skills and strength he had learned throughout the movie. And that was so satisfying to see from his character. Maybe to see his confidence grow and he was in the moment. And he made the biggest sacrifice that he could have in that moment in realizing that his brother, he didn't need to see his dad because his brother had served that role. And his brother was the one that needed to let go more than he did. And that was the most beautiful conclusion they could have possibly had to this movie. I really, it would not have made sense to do it any other way because given I liked the dramatic contrast between between what him talking to his dad and his brother back there battling a freaking dragon. <laughs> so what was really, I... I just don't agree with your problems. Well, it's just maybe it was just the dragon itself. Um, I did. I really like the emotional ending, and I do think the like the thriller ending was a little bit required. But I just I felt like the dragon was so gimmicky. Maybe there is centaurs in this movie and pixies in this movie. I thought those were more gimmicky than the dragon. I didn't actually. Uh, I uh, do you talk? Do you talk about the pixies? No, I don't. I didn't actually like the pixies. pixies I didn't either. Much. I thought they were annoying. <laughs> which, which is really like I did like how they like um, defy the stereotype of them like being cute because they were like really buff and terrifying. I didn't like <laughs> that, but I didn't. Maybe I did like the pixies more than I thought because they did <laughs> defy uh, stereotypes, which was hilarious. But, but it almost felt like they were trying too hard to defy all stereotypes you have of magical creatures. Yeah. At some points, and you're like, that's okay, true. I get it. Unicorns are gross. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Um, what, what was I? Oh, but I don't know. It felt like the thrill, the the part with the dragon was overshadowing the emotional ending a, a little bit too much because I just kept thinking about the, like, what's going on with the dad over there and they, he was over there fighting a dragon. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> because he was showing all the strengths he had learned in their quest yes i yeah i know that's true i don't know why but the fact that it was a dragon somehow just i don't know there was there was seriously a centaur because it just he was an elf it just came out of nowhere he was a wizard elf and that was your problem where did the dragon come from though the relic it was from the curse yeah but it was just living in the relic it was like it was a booby trap basically Hmm. Interesting. Well, to agree or disagree. I'm le- I have less reason to not like this than Sophie. Than Sophie has to like it though, because simply I just thought the dragon was very gimmicky. <laughs> whatever. Um. Whatever. Uh, this is really backtracking before we move on to minor characters, but it's just so obvious that they picked two actors who could really work well off each other, considering the vast they only filmed recorded one day together the vast majority of this movie was recorded at separate times really yeah see and that's kind of stunning and i think it's very evident that they picked actors who are already comfortable with the other person because they were obviously able to bounce off the other character because they kind of knew what to expect 
I don't know. I just thought their chemistry was so well done. And honestly, they did do that they really made well. Perfect brothers. It was yeah, very they did. Believable. It was so believable that they were brothers. And their social media advertising this movie was so cute. Like I know so a lot cute. of it was Disney trying to make them look cute, but I fell for the bait so oh, easily. Yeah. So it was much. so adorable. That's a good coronavirus thing to do if you're depressed. Just look up some of their interviews. They're just they're really cute people. Yeah, they are. It's just so wholehearted. They're like love for each other. They're like, look at Tom Holland. He's such a good dude. Look at Chris Pratt. He's done all these things. It's just so they're so supportive of each other, and I love right. that. You know, it's one of those things that you don't want to know if it's all fake because it's just cute. And yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so let's move on to minor characters now. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was Laurel Lightfoot, which is the mom. I was kind of eh about the mom, honestly. I yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I don't even really remember the, mo- the mom that much, so that's saying something. Yeah, I don't. She wasn't very rememberable. That's a good way to describe her. Like, I, I didn't hate her or anything. I just, she wasn't. I don't think she added that much emotionally, emotional to the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, she didn't add, like, she didn't make me think more or anything. She was just part of the movie. Kind of had the stereotypical, I'm scared for my children, what the heck are they doing type of thing. Yeah. And which, like, I don't think anything about her character was unrealistic. Um, yeah, the mom, I just, she, like, she wasn't a bad character, but I just didn't think that much about her. I don't even honestly remember that, what she looked like, which is weird because I only saw the movie, like, two weeks ago, but. It was three weeks ago. I was saw yeah, the movie before it came out. And it was out for two weeks. Um, so then, opposite the mom, we have... Um, the father, which is Bilden Lightfoot, and basically he just plays legs the full movie. <laughs> I loved this gimmick. I had to put him on a dog leash. <laughs> just, it was well done. It was very Pixar. I just, I, I fell for that one 100%. It was great. Yeah, I really liked it because it made me think like, oh, you really can't communicate at all if you only have legs. Because really I'm like, can't. you could like talk to him. I'm like, what? he doesn't have ears. <laughs> Literally, you can't communicate with this person at all. <laughs> Um, then we have the Montecore. Who? <laughs> See, exactly. She was the centaur who owned the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Eh. I mean, I liked her. She was a very stereotypical children's movie character, though. Yeah, she was. She felt very much like a DreamWorks character, in my opinion. Um, yeah. She was, she was there was nothing wrong with her. I just, she wasn't that impactful. She yeah. was very, she was kind of very stereotypical. Cause she's like, well, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And Just, then like overbearing and kind yeah. of annoying. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the highlight of the movie. Yeah. So this Pixar movie was the first one to have an openly gay relationship. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it that. Yeah, because um, it was like props to Pixar for including it, but also you could tell you could easily cut it out. So you no, oh, they did cut it out in other countries. Yeah, yeah. So they could still air it in other countries, which I know because China's such a big market, it was kind of required. But also, like I was so excited to have like a representation in a movie like this, and then it really disappointed because it was, like, literally 10 seconds. Well, my thing is, it's a real blink-and-you-miss-it situation. Like, I didn't even catch it when I saw the movie. You actually had to tell me because I'm like, they didn't even say anything about it. How are you even supposed to know? And you're like, well, she said my wife at home. And I didn't even catch that. It's very, very short mention. And 
I get, honestly, because most markets are not like America, sadly. I get not being able to do this for global movies. But it's just But sucks. you can't freaking advertise that you, it's like groundbreaking, you know? Because it really wasn't a big deal. It was a very small baby step. And the yeah. character- It was nothing more than uh, Toy Story 4. Yeah, when they had the couple dropping off a kid at preschool or- kindergarten or whatever and it just sucks though because like this is the problem for all hollywood movies is um lgbt relationships just aren't shown no they just aren't expressed ever because they won't do good in other markets but it's such a thriving culture in america that it's an entire culture that's not being represented and they they're made you see them all the time in smaller indie movies that are made mainly for the domestic audience but movies that aren't made for this domestic audience you don't see it at all and it's it's really sad because maybe that's something we'll see in like 10 years because like this is still like a movie that's happening Mm -hmm. so maybe it's just something that's gonna happen we have to acknowledge how fast um like we have changed our perspective on these issues Especially if you think about how our own parents viewed this 10 years ago compared That's to true. now. That's true. Exactly. So I think, honestly, it's one of those things we have to give it time. Considering we still don't have very many movies with female leads. Yeah, that's true. Or enough like female directors getting nominated. Exactly. I actually think one of the directors of this movie was a female. Really? It was written by two people. I know that. Um, so that's all the minor characters we wanted Wait, to touch on. The father, the cop. Oh, I forgot about him. What's his name? Um, the mom's boyfriend. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. The, this I I really liked his character. I kept expecting him to end up, like, being evil. Yeah, but, I did like how he wasn't evil. Yeah, because, like, he was, like, chasing them down, and he's like, I'm going to get them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy is secretly evil. And he wasn't secretly evil, so I actually really liked that because it defined my expectations. Mm-hmm. No, that was really well done. Like... Exactly. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Because you're expecting him to be that evil stepfather character. Yeah. That, you know, is always portrayed. And really, he was just this poor guy trying. And Yeah, exactly. And I like how at the end of the movie, they were, like, besties with him. But they were getting along with it him. It was realistic. They're, like, annoyed by him. And it was fair that they were annoyed by him. But they're at least trying. Yeah, exactly. They weren't, like, giving up on him. They It's just... The guy wasn't their father, so it was never going to be the exact same. Yes. They had... Mo- they had adjusted their expectations of his role basically so the last thing before we wrap up for today and this has already been kind of a long episode so we'll wrap up pretty quick do you like how did it serve its purpose as animation do you think it would ever work as a live action movie obviously no yeah it definitely wouldn't um technically with cgi today they could have done this movie oh gross yeah but it would just be creepy yeah but like with the centaurs and the unicorns no it would be it would would, no it would be be like cats cats. no 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 no. it had to be animated yeah definitely better as an animated movie Um, so did you think the style was well done did you like how it looked i honestly thought it was a little too dark um, I didn't think it was too dark. No, maybe the palettes were too dark. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It wasn't, but maybe just because well, it's not what we're used to for Pixar too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I you can definitely tell Pixar is moving in a new direction with its animation style. Yeah. I I don't know. It looks more like DreamWorks now, and it's weird. I don't I don't know. It's I think where they're going, it, it's unique. But yeah, I, I think just, this movie was it was very reminiscent of a DreamWorks movie. Though. It was. 
like I did like this movie and I liked how it looked for the most part, but I didn't enjoy the style nearly as much as Toy Story 4. Yeah, but also as Toy Story 4, we can't well, we can't hold everything up to the standard of Toy Story okay. 4. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> so, ne- so was this movie watchable for you? Obviously, oh, I think it is. For sure, definitely watchable. Who do you recommend this movie to the most? Um, I think honest honestly, this is I hate when children's movies are classified as family because children can watch them this is a high quality family movie that everyone will enjoy mm-hmm. it's not just some like kids movies that like they classify as family because they can like dora was technically a family movie <laughs> what um but it's definitely a high quality Heck, family we movie went to dora with our family yeah but that we're a weird family <laughs> um but it's a high quality family movie i would definitely recommend it for siblings um watch it watch it when you're really annoyed with your siblings maybe you'll get less annoyed with them by the end of it um just honestly i would recommend this for like literally anyone yeah i was gonna say basically the same thing this movie if you have siblings it really is the most relatable heartfelt movie you'll get a lot more emotionally out of it I think, even though I think everyone will enjoy this movie, it really, this is probably a good movie to watch when you're sick of your family in quarantine and you're just so tired of them. Maybe put this movie on and be like, oh, they're not so bad. Yeah, like, maybe I do, like, I don't um, respect my family the way I should. (laughs) So we both agree it's watchable. Turn it on. If you think it looks like another dumb movie, it is not. It's another solid Pixar movie. You can't go wrong with Pixar. It's a great original story. Try it out. For some reason, you listened to the full thing and you haven't seen it. Sorry about all the spoilers, but it's still good. (laughs) Okay, so next week, Abby will be gone. (laughs) Yay! I think Abby... This isn't my podcast. I I thank you for allowing me to be on it, but I feel like I have taken Bethy's spot and she needs to take it back. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, Bethy... You know, she's our co-host. Yeah. I miss Bethy. I miss our banter in our conversations. We have been FaceTiming this week, but I'm excited to get back to podcasting with her. Um, it will be Bethy's pick, and she has informed me that we are going to be discussing Hackshaw Ridge. <laughs> Bethy, the taste in movies Bethy likes always surprises me. Yeah, that's for sure. Because that does not seem like a movie Bethy would want. Bethy really likes about. a diverse set of movies. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> So, because obviously new theaters are closed indefinitely, basically our method going forward is Bethy and I recommend movies for each other, and the next week we watch them and talk about them that are available on common streaming services. I think Hackshaw Ridge is on Netflix. I don't know. And that's why she told me to watch it. But, so... We also, my goal is to have this episode come out on Mondays. I don't know if any of you actually care what day of the week our episodes come out on, but if you've noticed, we have either missed or been very late lately, and my goal is to have this episode up by Wednesday at 2am, which is when I like to release episodes, so you'll be seeing if you're laughing at me and this came out way later, but hopefully we'll be back on Mondays, that is my goal, and we'll be back with Bethy back on normal schedule as normal as it can be with the coronavirus as normal as it can be in the coronavirus i know no one's top priority is listening to our subpar podcast <laughs> but it's a nice distraction from the world of craziness and we all need more entertainment right now so hopefully we can bring a little bit of happiness 
in this weird ass time. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this episode of Watchful. This podcast is edited by Sophia. Our music is from purpleplanet.com and our graphic is by Maria Hernandez. If you enjoy listening, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Have an idea on what we should review next? Send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Watchable Media. Join us next time when we discuss Hackshaw Ridge. Now go enjoy your day.